Hi there, listeners, and thank you so much for joining us on this week's bonus episode of With Love Victoria. I'm creator Rachel Garnett, and today I am here with the esteemed Prime Minister, Mr. Jonathan Coberta. How are you, Jonathan? <sighs> thank you. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> thank you. Please, please sit down, everyone. Please. Just, just smile and wave, Jonathan. <laughs> Grin and win and wave. But really be coy, be kind. <laughs> be kind. Oh. So, Jonathan, the listeners have just heard your very sad departure from the show. So let's take a look back at Lord Melbourne, your experience with With Love Victoria, and let's just have a bucket of laughs, okay? Let's have two. All right, well, Jonathan, let's go back to the beginning. When were you born? No. Um, <laughs> so you got involved with With Love Victoria during the first reading back in 2019. So what were your very first impressions of Lord Melbourne the first time you got to bring this this guy to life? Honestly, I just, I was honored uh, for the opportunity to really stretch myself artistically. Mm. No, I would... If you could see this smug ass face right now. <laughs> um, honestly... You know, I've told you. But for the listeners who don't know, Rachel is brilliant. And she, <laughs> the most perfect blend of intellect and human. And when you are presented with a project from Rachel, whether it's a, a script or a rough draft of a scene or just a rough song that she's just kind of... Or a nude photo shoot. Or a nude photo shoot. I still picking the glitter out. <laughs> It's just, you jump at the chance because you know you're going to be dealing with a, a treasure trove of creativity and intellect and emotion. So my first reaction to reading it, specifically the character, was this is, this is perfect. This is, I can easily fit this glove because it was so well written. There was humor. There was tongue-in-cheek humor, there was very subtle humor, and then there's some real, then what you're talking about, that, that last departure scene is such a slow burn of, of a gut punch of something that's really heartfelt, and, and I love those two, I love that light and dark polarity that you gave that character. People are going to think that this podcast is just supposed to be the Rachel Appreciation Hour. You people keep saying nice things about me. <laughs> Because, <laughs> because it's so easy. If it was garbage, we would be, we wouldn't be doing it. But because it's just so, it's effortless to open up your work and then to just, to drive that, to drive that car is, is just awesome. Well, now it's my turn to say nice things about you because as the listeners know, I've been working on this show since 2017, but it was in early 2019 where it was really starting to formulate into a workable draft that was going to lead to uh, the first reading. And so I was kind of keeping my eyes peeled about who would fit which roles. I met one of the people who ended up playing a role, you know, on a film set. I'd met some other people doing theater. It was a very like who's who of Rachel's friends. But I hadn't found that like perfect guy for Lord Melbourne. And then you sauntered into the audition room for my show Starcrossed. And as you were performing the scene, I think I texted Kayla and I was like, oh, 
I have the perfect guy for Lord Melbourne. I just need to make sure we become friends during this rehearsal process. Wow. You like, you Cortana, like inceptioned me, offered me another role mm -hmm. in a different show, mm -hmm. all to land at Melbourne. That's some like, that's good shit right there, man. That's like some 007. Yeah. That's good. That's some full sociopathy. That's right. <laughs> But no, I mean, I knew you'd be brilliant in this role. And when we did that first rehearsal where you and Kayla sang Wave for the very first time, I was like, oh my gosh. I don't know if any of the rest of this show is any good, but this scene rocks. Yeah, that song is good shit. Uh, the two of you, gritting and winning, <laughs> was so great. Um, were you familiar at all with any of the history involving Queen Victoria and Lord Melbourne? Absolutely none. I like, honestly, had no preconceived notions about anything. So how was it stepping into this world, into this historical character that, you know, with someone like Victoria, everybody comes in having a preconceived notion about Queen Victoria. And so since you got to play this historical character, pretty clean slate, what was your approach and how did you find him? I actually think in retrospect, now that you asked that question, it benefited me. I think that clean slate benefited me because I always find it harder when you have that umbilical cord, when you have that kind of emotional tie to maybe the history, maybe the character, maybe a favorite actor who's portrayed it in either a movie or a series or whatever. So you walk in kind of already with a, a blueprint of what you want to do and then your work and your words and your music and everything almost collide and get in the way with that. So for me to just show up to the sandbox, ready to play, <laughs> like it just propelled that forward. And so all I had to do was just be present and act on instincts and really take your and trust your work, which I literally do blindly, like, I just trust that you've done your homework and then trust the words on the page, which I know that they're good, or else I wouldn't sign off to do it. <laughs> but, like, they're so good that all you have to do is, is just is be present. And then you bring together your tribe of, of also impassioned, really talented people, and we're just, we're playing. And it also helped my stunning scene partner, I mean, she has been a part, Kayla's been a part of the process for so long. She has that history. She has those experiences and she has that foundation to serve to me as a scene partner. And so all of that was also like a treasure trove for me to just play off of. So it really is that perfect hourglass of balance. Well, you bring up such a great point about how you and Kayla just have this amazing chemistry as these two characters because Lord Melbourne, we don't get to see a lot of him in our show. He's in episodes two and three, and then he kind of exunts stage left. But that chemistry shines through even in this short period. And I think it really honors this relationship that Queen Victoria and Lord Melbourne had in real life because he was a part of her life for years. And we didn't have years to explore that. But I think you and Kayla did an amazing job at establishing not only the trust the audience needed, that friendship, but just that this was something special that Victoria had never experienced before. And I don't think that could have happened if you two weren't such 
fabulous performers and also didn't have that magical kind of, oh, we both understand how this scene's going to go. Got it. Exactly. And, and we did, I literally, from the jump, I mean, even just from not even reading the scenes together, but that first song, we were like, ah, understood. That's what, that's the vibe that we're going for. That's the tone. And we're ready to just go. Well, and you also, being a part of this journey, got to be in the development of Melbourne as he got to do more in our show because he originally did not sing in Regency. And it is thanks to Mr. Jonathan Coberta and Roger Dolly, who is one of our male ensemble members in the show. He plays multiple roles uh, wonderfully, including the Speaker of the House of Commons that you hear him call to order in the song Regency in this previous episode. But the two of you, we were out at the bar after the reading and the two of you were sitting next to me and I was kind of, you know, running you through the gamut of questions that every writer forces upon her actors after a reading. And I said, what part of the show do you think was just the slowest? When were you like, is this over yet? Why is this scene still happening? And you, you kind of looked between each other and you both had the same answer, which was, well, that Regency song, it had too many reprises. And I was like, what? It had one reprise in the second act. And I was like, what are they talking about? And I went back and looked at it and it had all these little scenes in between the different verses of the song. And so the song felt like it was driving along and then skirt, it had to stop for a scene and driving along and then skirt, it had to stop again. And it was starting and stopping and starting and stopping. And I was like, okay, yeah, I have to do something about this. And that's how we got the patter sections. So without the two of you, those lovely patter sections where you could just show off your limber tongue uh, would never have existed. But again, you took that tipsy brilliance that we gave brilliance. you. Brilliance. that we gave you, and you, like, sieved out, I mean, just what we recorded and what, what you listeners are hearing in the podcast. So for you to be able to take that constructive criticism and land and end with that, it's a great song that's chocked full of story propelling character driven moments. I mean, it's a lot of stuff packed into one song and for you to pack it all into an, an actual engaging song that we enjoy listening to when it's just story is awesome. Wow, I mean, I'm obviously very humbled. How, so how has your approach either changed or stayed the same as you went from the reading in 2019 to the podcast? It's a really hard magic trick taking the live element out of it, taking the audience that what we always talk about is the missing scene partner. So when we did that first reading, certainly for my creative process and certainly I think how you wrote Melbourne, it needs that audience laughter. Like, Well, I... <laughs> you came in in that reading. You, I mean, you were sitting there the whole time, but you... It, the reading was a, a really eclectic group of people who yeah. not everybody knew each other. I don't think most people there knew who you were. And so you were just kind of this guy sitting in the corner for the first like 20 minutes. And then you open your mouth. All you said was your majesty, but it came out like this. Your majesty. <laughs> and the room went buck wild. I mean, and I went, oh, this scene's about to go great. Because the room just lost their gourds and then you two started singing so yeah especially the scenes with melbourne and victoria are very 
audience reliant almost? Correct. And I think that um I think that informed us in the best way possible as to what we had rehearsed, as to what we were feeling confident was was the vibe and, and the tone and the direction and that audience response to people who had never heard it out loud before, yeah, didn't know who that strange guy was sitting in the corner was doing, it was perfect and it fit. And so then to transfer that into this no audience audible moment, I approached it in a much more, I don't want to say tender place, but much more of a Prairie Home Companion. I mean, I would say you were definitely quieter. <laughs> I was much quieter, but I just feel that there was a much more of a stroke of maybe performance. Well, I mean, it was definitely closer to film acting. It was almost this in-between place between doing theater and performing on film. Because even though we couldn't see your face on the podcast, we rehearsed over video and so I could see your face while you were performing. And it was definitely, from both of you, a more restrained performance. It was something gentler. I think just as intimate, just as special. But it was definitely something that was different than what had happened before. Yeah, gentler. That's the word. Well, and especially, I mean, that last scene when your final line was so sad. And I knew it was going to be sad when I wrote it, but it genuinely was just when you say it was an honor to be your prime minister and a privilege to be your friend, or might have been the other way around, I don't know my own lines. <laughs> you said it best when you said it. Well, thank you. Yeah, it was very lovely. What would you do differently if you got to put this up on your feet? Or what do you think you'd have the most fun with if you ever got to put this show up on its feet as Melbourne? I think I would have the most fun with juggling that fine line of aristocrat that we've discussed either in rehearsal of that that stern kind of almost just dutiful Captain Von Trapp-esque here to get things done meshed into that gentler fatherly wave figure. I think it's a tall order and I think it makes for something really fun especially when there's a live audience to discover and play with, and especially with Kayla, I would kill to put it on its feet and to actually explore those real intricate moments as to when that harder shell melts away to this girl, to melts away to this royalty, and actually find, blur those lines of that relationship, because I, I love, because that, that's interesting to me, and that's compelling, and um, how you have that transition of that scene of where they're first meeting to him laying out his deck of cards to say, yeah, this is my perspective and then this is hers. And then to find ourselves at the end of that scene with Wave, a lot happens to get us to that very jovial, upbeat place. And so, and then the rest of the scenes are, are what they are because of their relationship. So I would love to, when I get to revisit it, explore that. Well, I think it would be so easy, too, with a character like this to just play that aristocrat, that to make him another controlling man in her life. But the thing that made him special was, and this is taking a look as, at Melbourne the man historically, he was 
so uninterested in power for somebody in power. He had been a statesman for a very long time. When he met Victoria, he was 57, 58, somewhere in his late 50s. And you played it wonderfully, Jonathan. You know, 30 years his uh, junior. But he would be a character who would be very easy to play, kind of one note. His scenes could be very boring if someone played him badly, I guess is what I'm saying. Which So thank you for playing him well. It's my pleasure what I'm here for. So let's talk about the history for a second and some of the historical inaccuracies that pop up in our podcast. Melbourne has a total of 30 minutes in this podcast and as it turns out he spent more than 30 minutes with Queen Victoria in her lifetime so we weren't gonna get it all in there. But the biggest historical inaccuracy that any of our lovely listeners who might be familiar with Queen Victoria's life might have noticed, is that he shows up uh, it to her at the end of episode three and says there's been a vote in parliament, a vote of no confidence. They've gone and kicked me out, ma'am. It's been a privilege, but goodbye. And that is technically what happened. And then immediately Victoria said, no, that, no, I don't want to. And so Sir Robert Peel was supposed to become the prime minister, and it resulted in this thing called the bedchamber crisis, which was basically Queen Victoria refused to have any women in the opposing political party be a part of her household, be her ladies-in-waiting. But because it was now a Tory government that was going to be in charge, she was supposed to have Tory women serving in her house. But she was like, these are my friends, and I've never had friends, so I'm not getting rid of my friends because I've never had friends to go back to not having any friends with people I don't know. And so it became this whole thing, and Melbourne had to come back for like two more years. Wow. So the thing is, you're gone now, but technically you should actually be in at least the following episode because he was at their wedding. Everyone listening, if the hashtag we want more Melbourne is not created, I swear, this is unacceptable. The people have spoken. We want more. <laughs> you can't do that because you know that your fans are going to come after me. Yes, all 10 of them. Well, Jonathan, where can we find you on the internet, in the world? What's your address? My address is my name, Jonathan Coberta, at Jonathan Coberta. You can Venmo me accordingly for my entertainment. <laughs> Correct. You can at me on the Instagram. You can start the hashtag. You can start the hashtag movement. Hashtag more Melbourne. Hashtag we want more Melbourne. Hashtag hashtag now. Hashtag six more episodes. Six more episodes. Hashtag he only sings one song. You know, that kind of. (laughs) You sing two songs. I gave you an extra song. Now he wants more. Yes. These are the things, people. Thank you so much, Jonathan. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to this week's bonus episode of With Love, Victoria. We will see you on Monday for episode four. Thank you, Rachel. You're very welcome, you crown jewel. Woo! (laughs) 